Hello and welcome. This is an audio recording of an IFG live event. Hello and welcome to this special Institute for Government podcast. Today we're doing something a little bit different. Instead of a discussion about what makes government work and how to fix it when it doesn't, we're taking a look under the hood of the Institute itself and talking about our internship programme. Every year, the Institute recruits a number of interns to work across our research team, and we have just opened applications for a new cohort to start in September this year. We're looking for applicants who share our interest in government and our drive to make it more effective, who are keen to get stuck into research and analysis almost from day one on the job, and who are strong communicators and critical thinkers. If that sounds like you, we hope that this discussion will give you some insight into what being an intern at the Institute is like and inspire you to apply. My name's Nicola Blacklaws and part of my job is to help manage the Institute's recruitment processes, which is why I'm at the helm today. We're going to be hearing from six of our most recent interns. Three are in the virtual studio with me to talk about their time at IFG and three have sent us some of their reflections on particular experiences they've had or projects they've been involved in, which will play you as we go along. We've also had some questions about the internship sent in by subscribers to our newsletter. So we're going to hopefully cover as many of those as we can along the way. But before we get into that conversation, we're going to hear a word from Akash Pound, one of the Institute's senior fellows, about the important role that interns play at the Institute. Hello, thank you for listening to this podcast and for considering applying to our 2021 22 internship program starting in September of this year. My name is Akash Brown. I lead the Institute for Government's research program on devolution and I also oversee the intern recruitment program. Interns are a really vital part of how we work at the Institute. We typically take on one intern to support each major area of research. So that means, for instance, that This year, we have one person working on devolution as part of my team, one person working on the civil service, one on public services, one on Brexit and so on. And each intern is very much then treated as a full member of the team they are part of. As an intern, that means you'll be involved in all aspects of our work, from collecting and analysing data to assisting with interviews with politicians and civil servants and so on, to helping organise events and presentations, to drafting sections of reports and explainers on our website and and other outputs. We're looking for people who have a variety of personal and academic backgrounds for this programme. We don't need you to have studied politics or government or to have worked in a similar role before. You will need to have graduated with a good degree by the time you join us as an intern, and you'll need to have the legal right to work in the UK. But aside from that, all we're looking for is people with an interest in government, with strong analytical, organisational and communication skills, and who would like to spend a year with us working to improve the effectiveness of government across the UK. So if that sounds like you, then I hope you will consider making that application. To find out exactly how to apply, how the process works, just download our information pack from the website and that will tell you pretty much all you need to know. But if you do have any questions after reading that, 
don't hesitate to get in touch with us. So good luck with it and with any other roles that you choose to apply for too. Okay, now it's time to introduce our excellent intern panel. Uh, we have Grant Dalton, who joined our public finances team. Hi there. Um, next, we have Irene Mullins-Burgess, who's been working on our civil service team. Hello. And Elspeth Nicholson, who joined our devolution team. Hi. Okay, so let's start at the beginning um, and talk about what the three of you were, were doing when you decided to apply for the internship in the first place and what attracted you to IFG. So, uh, Irene, shall we start with you? Yeah, sure. So when I decided to apply for the IFG, I was working at a small educational charity in London. Um, I had previously worked in a school before, so um, I was looking for a bit of a change. I wanted to like pivot myself a little bit more towards policy and the political world. Um, and I saw what the Institute was, was doing on its Brexit coverage and looked a bit further and saw they had an internship programme. Um, and thought that sounded uh, perfect for giving me a really good foundation in um, policy and the political world. Fab. So um, how long have you been out of your undergraduate degree for at that point? Been out for about two and a half years. Fab. Elspeth, how about you? I worked for a few months at the Constitution Unit based at UCL, um, doing work, doing some research about um, Northern Ireland and while I was there, I came across um, several bits of the IFG's work, in particular um, the devolution work that the IFG did. Um, and I saw that they they had an internship um, and I knew some people who had previously applied to it. And I thought that it would be a good um, next step in terms of a way to further develop the research skills that I had. Had you been out of your degree for a year or longer than About that? six. About six months when I applied, but about just under a year when I started. Okay, sure. So for both of you, um, you were kind of aware of the IFG and the IFG work was on your radar before you applied um, for the internship in the first place. Um, Grant, how about you? Yeah, a similar um, experience in that I, I knew of the IFG beforehand. So I applied for the IFG kind of straight out of uh, university the summer after I finished um, and got to interview, but but um, didn't get it. Um, and then I kind of took a, took a year out and ended up working in the civil service. Um, and um, I basically decided to uh, apply for the IFG again because I wasn't particularly enjoying my job and didn't have much to do because I was working quite a parliamentary-facing uh, job and it was the build-up to the um, election in 2019. Um, so I was I, I applied because I was really interested in the IFG's goals and aims and I, I wanted to get a job working properly in policy and have, having the opportunity to do kind of research and um, have, have a job that really engaged me. So... Obviously, the three of you applied and were successful. Um, and we mentioned at the beginning that you, all three of you have worked across different uh, teams within the IFG's research team. So why don't we talk a bit now about the work that you've done on those teams and the main projects you've been involved with? Um, Grant, do you want to start this time? 
Sure. So um, as you mentioned, I, I'm uh, working on public finances team, but I've actually um, had the opportunity to work on a with a couple of different teams during my my time with the LFG. And I think it's something that a, a few people um, get a chance to do is move around a bit um, at the IFG and kind of get a bit of experience working on different sides of um, our work, which is which is really really has been really good. So I started off with the public finances team, and obviously when I arrived in in April, it was kind of the peak of the um, coronavirus crisis, and um, so there's a there's a lot of new stuff to look at in terms of kind of what the Treasury was doing to support people and new schemes coming in. So I did some some research work um, looking at the the government's economic support to people, and specifically looking at kind of international comparisons of that um, and how the UK compared with other countries. Um, and then in the autumn. Um, we started work on um, Whitehall Monitor, which is a kind of big annual report that the IFG does, um, kind of pulling together the different strands of our work on how government's performing and, and looking at that through the a data lens in particular. I got a chance to work on the, the transparency and um, communications chapter of that, which was um, quite quite different sort of work, very um, data-driven and then in the past couple of months, I've been working on a project looking at the delivery of public services in the four nations of the UK. Um, so different work again, working with um, public services and devolution um, teams. So you um, have recently touched a little bit on devolution work, but Elspeth, you've been in the devolution team the whole time. I've been on Team Devo since I started back in April. At the beginning, I worked on various different things related to how the four governments of the UK um, have been working together throughout the pandemic, how they've been coordinating and communicating with each other. And then the past kind of four months, four or five months, I've been working on a project about how devolution is funded, um, specifically looking at the advantages and disadvantages of the Barnet formula. And then after Christmas, I started some work with the Brexit team on the UK internal market and how the UK Internal Market Act is going to work in practice and how common frameworks are are going to work as um, as we kind of detangle ourselves from the EU. So speaking of the EU, this seems like a good moment to hear from Nick Jones, who's been the intern in the Institute's Brexit team. Part of being part of that team, particularly in the second half of last year, as the deadline for a deal approached has been uh, quite the experience, as Nick will explain. Hello, I'm Nick. I'm the current intern in the Institute's Brexit team. Um, And the thing that's set my experience slightly apart from many other interns is that the Brexit work programme has been more reactive than other areas of the Institute's work. Uh, The uncertainty over whether a future relationship agreement would be reached, as well as other fast-moving areas like the UK internal market, meant that the work we did often aimed to inform people about events that were happening in real time. This took a number of forms, like explainers and blogs and events, all trying to outline what was happening. But really, it feeds into most of the work that I was doing before um, in that period before a deal was reached. Um, There's a lot of public interest in this kind of work, meaning that when Brexit was in the news, the rest of the team's work involved a lot of media appearances and engagement with journalists. 
Uh, sadly, they don't let interns get in front of the camera, but to be able to feed into and learn from that process is a really valuable experience. Um, even if it does occasionally mean that when you're trying to sort of detox from Brexit um, in the evenings and the weekends, your colleagues end up popping up on the telly. Um, so the reactive side of our work obviously culminated in the sort of Christmas period when we were waiting for a Brexit deal to be reached. Um, and the first session we spent planning for the deal, I think, was in September. Um, and we all predicted a deal might come maybe early to mid-November. Uh, none of us could quite believe it when we reached the week of Christmas and we were still waiting, sort of hanging on every tiny leaked development, even sort of overanalyzing what the negotiators had ordered for takeaway food. Um, and the deal was reached on Christmas Eve with the text released on Boxing Day, meaning that my Christmas period was slightly disrupted as we set about explaining what all sort of 1,200 pages of the deal meant. Um, working late on Christmas Eve and early on Boxing Day, which I should stress is not the normal Brexit team festive programme, was quite an intense experience. But if you're like me, and I think like most of the Institute, um, it was really positive. Um, firstly, to be surrounded by such a sort of supportive, capable team uh, in such a high pressure environment is just a very exciting thing to be doing. Uh, and secondly, it's very rare to see your work have such an instant impact. So seeing journalists and think tanks and the House of Commons Library and then so many more people that you really respected drawing on the work you'd been doing really made it feel like what I was doing mattered. Um, which is a really great feeling. Um, I would say that the reactive work hasn't been stopped me being able to engage with the more traditional areas of IFG work, uh, some reports and interviews and research sort of more generally, but it has added another really exciting dimension. And while it may cause a slightly unhealthy Twitter obsession at times, it's something I would really recommend any future IFG interns throw themselves into. And then, Irene, you've also been largely with the civil service team for most, if not all, of your time at IFG. Yes, I've been on the I've been on the civil service team. When I first um, joined in April, the civil service team had like recently pivoted towards um, looking at the coronavirus pandemic and the immediate um, decisions that the government had made. Um, uh, in the first weeks of the coronavirus pandemic. And we that was really sort of exciting and quite heavy because everything was about coronavirus and I couldn't stop thinking about it. But I got to be involved with some really interesting um, interviews on um, with government officials who were taking part in like key decisions about lockdown. Um, and that was really cool. So I worked on a paper on that. Um, then I worked with um, my manager on a paper on the relocation of civil servants um, and how that should work. Um, and that was like quite a short paper. Um, and in between that time, there was also like quite a lot of drama going on in government um, with top civil servants leaving. And I was able to um, help with the commentary and the um, sort of explainers on our website about that. Um, and finally, um, like Grant, I was working on Whitehall Monitor um, and on the comms and transparency chapter. So I, again, did a bit of work on the data side of that. Um, and now I'm looking at civil service pay. Um, so lots of different topics that I've been able to get involved in. Yeah, I think between the three of you, you've hit the majority of our 
of our research teams in one way or another. Um, so let's talk a little bit then about what a, a kind of typical day as an intern IFG is like um, and the kind of things that you find yourself doing on an average day. Um, Elspeth, do you want to start this time? So the average day consists of meetings with team members, um, so team meetings. Sometimes there are external meetings with other people from government or from other think tanks or from parliament as well. I also often have kind of ca informal catch-ups with, with both people from my team and also from the kind of wider institute, so just where you kind of chat with a colleague about what you've been up to. Okay, how about you, Grant? Typical day on the public finances team. Sure, yeah. I mean, I think Elspeth talked a bit already about um, have, you have a few meetings during the day, but I think a lot of the time um, I, I would have actually, and how I'd spend it depends on what, what projects I've got on at the moment. If I'm working on a big research project, you might spend some time doing a literature review or some data collection, um, or um, maybe try to do some writing for a, for a research report or looking over comments from a colleague. Um, if you're not in a project, you might be working on, say, an explainer or doing some, some initial research on a subject, um, which might involve a little bit more of kind of trying to get to know and understand um, an area that, that the IFG is interested in. And that might include kind of as things as simple as kind of reading newspaper articles and looking out for kind of the developments in a certain area or watching a, um, a select committee hearing. Okay, so lots of different stuff covered there, including keeping track of policy announcements and data releases um, and research and commentary related to the work of your particular team. Now, for our public services team intern, Andrew Phillips, this sort of work also feeds into putting out that team's Week in Public Services blog. So let's hear from him. Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew, and I'm the current intern in the public services team. Uh, so I'm going to briefly talk about one of the things I've been doing during my time here, uh, which is to write our blog called The Week in Public Services. Uh, so at the moment, I alternate writing this with Graham Atkins, who's a senior researcher in the public services team. So I write it every other week. Uh, we have two aims with this blog. Um, the first is to keep up to date with all the latest news and research across public services in the UK uh, as a kind of ongoing literature review. We cover lots of areas, including health and social care, schools, police, prisons, courts and local government. So it's really helpful to keep track of what's going on in each of these areas. And the research we cover in Week in Public Services feeds into Performance Tracker, uh, which is our annual data-driven assessment of performance across public services. The second aim is to provide a useful resource for other people as a summary of what's been published in the last week, and then also to show the, the Institute's work across public services. So... What does this practically look like? During the week, Graham and I gather interesting news reports and research, which we think we might want to include in that week's blog. Our sources include reports from other think tanks, um, other research organisations, new government data, newspaper articles, opinion pieces, podcasts, lots of material. 
Um, we, we read or we listen to those and then write a kind of brief summary in a few sentences of main findings and uh, say a bit about why we think that's important. Uh, and then when I'm writing it, I bring together those summaries by kind of rewriting them and, and linking things that go together. And then I publish it on Medium. It's, uh, it's a really enjoyable process because you get to read loads of really interesting reports and articles. Um, and then you can also comment on them as well yourself. So to pick a few examples from, from last week's blog, I looked at uh, the government's plans to reform the organisation of the NHS in England. Uh, I looked at school attendance data during lockdown um, and a really interesting report on the experience of prisoners during the pandemic. Doing this process is also a really great opportunity to learn. Um, I've learned so much about public services through this process and you get to follow lots of really interesting debates about how the government is running our public services and how they could do it better. Interns at the Institute are involved in all kinds of really interesting projects. And this is just one example of what I've done during my time here. It's a fantastic place to work. And so if you're considering applying, I'd really encourage you to do so. Irini, how about you? Anything else uh, that you think that you think you kind of end up doing in a typical day? I don't think anything too vastly different from um what you guys have already said I'd just say that I think um because we've been working online and um you know that's slightly different from um being in the office it does mean that we you know have regular catch-ups with um sort of managers or people leading teams so that we can make sure that we sort of still are connected even though we are not in the office so that's a key part of any day good about catch-ups that leads quite nicely on to the next question. So we've, you've all said a little bit about what a typical day is, is like, but it's worth highlighting, I think, that the three of you have not been at IFG during a typical year. Um, you all, as we've hinted at already, you all started your internships in April 2020, which was a couple of weeks after the first lockdown began and all IFG have been working staff have been working remotely um for a few weeks so i'm wondering what starting work starting your internships remotely during the pandemic uh was like um grant let's go to you first for that i think it was quite hard um starting a new job i mean starting a new job is quite tiring and stressful at the best of times and at a time when the world seemed to be falling apart it was extra tiring and, and extra stressful in that way um but i think the process was managed quite well and we we had uh, introductory meetings with basically everyone in the ifg uh, in the first week which made things seem a bit more manageable because the ifg is not a, not a huge um, workplace it meant that we kind of knew who everyone was and had some f friendly faces um straight from the first week um and i think um the ifg has lots of mechanisms for kind of uh, meeting people and chatting informally um socializing out of work hours even um if it's remotely um and so we we got a lot of good opportunities to kind of um, feel embedded in in um, the IFG and uh, kind of get to know what other people were doing and what what we were expected to be doing. So since then, um, with a few kind of brief respites when restrictions have been relaxed and there has been some um, a little bit of face to face working, we've mostly been 
working remotely for your whole time at IFG, even though when you started, um, maybe we hoped it wouldn't be for the full time. Um, so I'm wondering what it's been like to to kind of work remotely for the majority of your time. Um, Elspeth, have you any thoughts about that? I think it's definitely something to get used to. I'm the kind of person who really likes an office environment. I like having a chat as you make a coffee and being able to have lunch with colleagues. And I think I did find it quite difficult not having that for, for most of the time. But I do think, as Grant said, the IFG does a really good job of keeping the kind of team spirit and um, positive kind of working environment going, even online. As we've already mentioned, we have informal chats with people from all across um, the Institute on a regular basis, which I think is really beneficial to kind of keeping up the, the sense of camaraderie between everyone. Irene, do you have anything to add on that? Yeah, I mean, I think what's something that's really nice about the IFG is that people are really um, are very willing to like bring you into conversations. I think it could be really easy if we were online to be left out of key meetings or um, like just not involved in, in sort of decisions, especially as you know, as sort of quite junior staff. But I think actually something that's something that the IFG is really good at is making sure if someone's in an interesting meeting, they'll say, "Oh, you know, really, do you want to come along to it?" Um, and that could be lost if you're online, but it's not something that's been lost. So I think that's um, made it easier, at least. So you're all now coming to the end of your internships at IFG. Um, is there, what have you most enjoyed about your IFG experience, do you think? Or um, kind of your, the, your, your, the favourite thing to take away from your experience at IFG? Um, Elspeth, let's go to you first. In terms of what I've enjoyed most, I think the answer is is learning stuff. Um, I, as I said, have been working on the Devo team and devolution and kind of the the politics of of the four nations and how that interacts has always been something that I've been really interested in, and now. I get paid to be interested in it and be nerdy about it and talk about it with people and research it and read about it. And that is, that is just such a joy and it makes coming to work feel so nice and good every day. How about you, Irini? Favourite thing about being at IFG? Um, difficult because there are so many, of course, but I think that... Um, something that I've really enjoyed doing um, and improving is like my writing and then finding things that I've written um, used by other people um, whether in the institute but also like more excitingly when people outside the institute have obviously read something you've written or tweeted about it or like quoted it in like an article like that's not happened like loads of times but when it does happen it's really cool and that's something I've you know uh, taking enjoyment from. <laughs> Go on, Elspeth. Yeah, I completely agree. A chart I made got referenced in a newspaper and it was like Christmas. It was so exciting. 
actually, given that we're talking about work getting picked up by the media or used by other people, it's worth now taking a second to hear from Joanna Hagen-Schuler, who's the intern on our minister's team. Um, a key part of that team's work is running and adding to the Institute Minister's Reflect Archive, which is an online collection of hundreds of interviews with former government ministers about their experiences that's publicly available. Um, here's Joanna to explain what that's like. Hi, I'm Joanna, and I've been working on team ministers during my time at the IFG. One of our ongoing projects is the Ministers Reflect Oral History Archive, where we interview former ministers about what it's like, well, being a minister, I guess. Over 100 ministers, including some from the Scottish and Welsh governments, have been interviewed since 2015, and it's creating a really amazing resource for anyone with an interest in politics, from journalists, academics, MPs wanting to become ministers, or even current ministers. It's also useful for the other IFG teams who can gain more insight into what ministers were doing in relevant departments. We've interviewed everything from a former prime minister to long-serving secretaries of state to MPs who held just one junior position. To get these interviews, it's a multi-stage process, from research to question development to interviewing, editing, and finally publishing. First, I compile a list of former ministers who haven't been interviewed yet. I draft an invitation letter explaining the project, tailoring it to each former minister, and emphasizing that it is meant to capture the experience in their own words. Once they've accepted and a date has been set, I start researching their time in government. I first use gov.uk, trawling through press releases, announcements, and policy documents published by their department during their time. I then go through newspaper articles, as gov.uk doesn't always give you the full picture. I compile my findings into a short document listing their key moments and policy initiatives during their time as minister. I send this round to colleagues on relevant teams, and we then meet to brainstorm a list of questions to ask. We have a set of standard questions, for example, what it's like joining government, how they worked with civil servants, um, but we also try to ask some more specific questions, especially if they were in government um, during an interesting time or during a major policy reform, especially if they were there during Brexit. Two people from the IFG interviewed them, and this is recorded and then sent to a transcriber. I have been lucky enough to have had the opportunity to interview two former ministers myself. Look out for those on the website soon. The interviews are recorded and sent to a transcriber. I then lightly edit the transcript for readability only, taking out all the ums and uhs and you knows. It's then sent to the minister for approval so they get a chance to take out any gossip that might get them in trouble. Once we have enough interviews, usually five or six, we format the transcripts, pick out the best quotes that will get the Twitter sphere going, and then publish them on our website. I really enjoyed working on this project. It's given me a great insight into British political history, but also into what it's actually like being a minister. The interviews give you insight into the day-to-day -day life of being a minister, the practicalities, looking beyond the big political drama that's been unfolding over the past five years. I've been really grateful to work on such a fascinating project and wish the next intern best of luck. How about you, Grant? What's your favourite thing, being a, as part of your internship? 
Um, I think it's, I mean, it's kind of building on what Asbeth says, but I think it's, it's just having the kind of space to develop. And I think the amount of, like, uh, the, the number of opportunities and time and space you're given to, to um, read and develop new skills and, like, work with people who have really exciting skills and who you can learn from. Um, I think it's pretty unparalleled, and I am I am very aware of how how lucky I've been in the past year to kind of just have time to kind of. I mean, I arrived at the public finances team not really knowing anything about economics, having studiously avoided it uh, quite a lot of my life so far, and being given the time and the space to really learn about that and feel like I I know a lot about how public finances kind of work now, um, and similarly with learning data skills, again being given like being taught by people who really know what they're doing, um, something they're really passionate about, and then coming out somewhere with the skills and having had the time to kind of experiment and play around with um, different ways of handling data and, and getting interesting results out of that, I think is just, just a really um, a really fortunate uh, thing to have been allowed to do in the past year. That reminds me what you said just then about not having a huge amount of prior expertise or knowledge about public finances and then being able to kind of get into it in a really deep way over the course of your internship. Um, One of our previous public services interns said a very similar thing that they didn't know anything really about public services before they, before they started IFG, didn't really know IFG had a public services team even. Um, And then by, but by the end they were really pleased that they'd been, um, that they've been placed in a team that they didn't really know very much about um, because it gave them so much room to kind of grow and develop and learn about this whole new area of um, of kind of government and policy making that they didn't really know existed before. Um, so having had those kind of reflections about what you feel like you've gained from the internship and what you've enjoyed doing, um, I think it would be useful to talk a little bit about how the internship experience has informed um, what you'd like to do next in your your post IFG uh, life. Um, Irene, do you want to kick off with that? Yeah, sure. So, you know, I've been spending a lot of time researching the civil service, um, and um, I am. Uh, going to be next joining the civil service um, at the Department for Education as a, a policy advisor. But I think being at the Institute for Government has, you know, ma- that's massively informed where I want to go next because it's given me that uh, knowledge of um, the policy world and seen, like, helped me see where it is that I think I fit into that policy world. Because, like, being at, the, being at the IFG doesn't just give you an insight into think tanks, it also gives you an insight into civil service into what lobbying is into um what like all the different moving parts of the political machine um in 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 in, um, politics and in public policy um so that has been like so helpful with helping me decide where i want to go next elspeth has it you already obviously you had a little bit of devo kind of prior knowledge before you started ifg you've continued in a devo space broadly while you've been here um do you think your your IFG experience has impacted what you've decided to do next? Yes, I think it has. 
I always knew I was interested in devolution. I always knew that that was a thing that eventually I maybe did want to kind of work in that space. But working um, on the devolution team at the IFG kind of confirmed to me that I didn't want to to go into the UK government. I didn't want to go into the civil service. But what I did want to do was um, work in the world of devolved politics. So um, after I finished at the IFG, I'm relocating back to Scotland um, to work for a small political political monitoring company based in Edinburgh who, who monitor um, the events of the Scottish Parliament and Scottish Government. Grant, you're sort of the other way around from Irene in that you started in the civil service um, and left for the internship at IFG. So how has that, that kind of experience made you think about what you'd like next? I, as the others know, I'm like the flightiest person possible when it comes to um, careers. So I, I, I very much took the approach and continue to take the approach of not uh, not really wanting to say what my career is because it scares me too much to think about what I'll be doing in five years' time. Um, but I think the IFG, I suppose, has taught me that like this is a job for the first time that like I found a job that I really like and that working on policy is interesting and kind of makes me think and um, engages me in a way that I haven't found a job before. Um, so uh, I ha- am staying on at the Institute um, as a researcher. Okay, so what I wanted to finish with was to ask you all, um, obviously, hopefully, lots of people will listen to this and um, who are thinking about applying for the internship and um, are maybe now going to do so. Um, um, and I was going to ask you all if there was one thing you wanted somebody who's thinking about applying to know about what it's like to be an intern at IFG, what that thing would be. Irene, shall I start with you? Yes, I think I would say that I mean, it's been touched on already, but don't worry about your prior knowledge of um, of government and of politics. Like I had a healthy interest in politics, um, but I wouldn't say I was an expert on things that were happening. And I really came to learn um, about it. Um, and uh, yeah, as the others have said, it's a really good place for that. And also a really good place where people sort of trust you to um, find out yourself about different topics. Um, so I would say go for it and you will be surprised with what you can learn. Grant, how about you? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say something similar. I just think it's uh, applying is always worth giving it a go and applying, even if you don't feel qualified. I think even just like the, the application process, um, while stressful, is quite interesting. You get to kind of research um uh, a new area that the IFG could, should work on. And I found like the interview, um, as I said, while stressful, very, um, quite, just quite an interesting chat. So I think it's, it's definitely worth going for it. And, um, you never know what, ha- what will happen. And last but not least, Elspeth. I think my one thing for someone to know is more for a successful, um, candidate who eventually would get the job um, and that is to ask questions and be curious people at the IFG like will always 
always be willing to talk about the stuff they're working on, the things they're interested in. And everybody loves, loves it when people ask them stuff about their work. And that goes for both big, what are you working on? This sounds really interesting type of questions. And also small, how do I get the files part of Teams to show up on my computer? Like people are always willing to answer questions and don't be scared to ask them. Okay, that brings us to the end of this discussion of internships at IFG. Um, As I mentioned earlier, applications are now open for the 2021-22 internship programme. If you'd like to apply, the job application pack, which, as Akash mentioned at the beginning of this recording, has lots more information about the application process itself, as well as the link to the online application form, is available on our website, which is instituteforgovernment.org.uk. If you have any questions that we haven't managed to answer here or that aren't covered in the job pack, do feel free to email us at recruitment at instituteforgovernment.org.uk. Finally, thanks very much indeed to all our interns for contributing to this recording and thanks to you for listening. Thank you for listening and we hope you've enjoyed this edition of IFG Live. Please do subscribe to hear more. And if you'd like to know about our upcoming events, please visit instituteforgovernment.org.uk slash events.